electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, is the recession really over? Says who? Did you watch Lord of the Rings, Andrew? I did, back in the day. You know who the Ents are? The NBER, the economic equivalent of the Ents. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner with perspective from decades on Capitol Hill. This is uh, American politics today. It's as uh, divided as uh, anything that I've seen. As a matter of fact, I would describe politics today as... And why the long-serving Republican left politics for pot. By the time I left office, uh, I thought to myself, my goodness, I drink red wine, I smoke cigarettes, and somebody wants to have a joint, what the hell do I care? Plus a third dose of Pfizer, getting quality sleep, and talk about meme stonks. (laughs) The $34 billion joke, a.k.a. Dogecoin. I'm going to get the OK Boomer from not understanding doggy coin. For some, I'm a boomer. Trust me, I've become a boomer. <laughs> You're at least a suit. It's Friday, April 16th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Torkin along with Joe Kernan on this Friday morning. Becky's got the day off. Hey, Joe, how are you? Uh, let's start, though, do you with the know? markets. Really? I do want to know. You didn't you, give me a chance to answer. We've been together for, we've been together for a decade. <laughs> you know how and, and you, know, you can tell how I Well, no, you, some mornings, you know you, some mornings you, you're feeling great, and some mornings you may not be feeling great. Some mornings I'm feeling great. Some mornings no, I'm feeling you're speaking tired. for your, you. I'm always feeling great. Ring, You've I, had some, some moments lately. I'm not sure about your lighting or something sets you off, and then the whole I can watch you in there, and I, I see you're like in a bad I said that one time you're in a bad mood. You were. But then you rallied. Sometimes you rallied. I am in a bad mood. It's, I can be are. in a bad mood. I it's can be in a good early. mood. Depends what side of the, three, the bed the, I wake up on. It's, th- it's 340 when we wake up five days a week. Of course, you know, some morning I'm like, I am in a bad mood. You're right. But I'm in a good mood this morning because we are it's living good. in the most bizarre doggy coin. Can we call it? Why isn't it doggy coin? Do you know? Well, we can call it doggy coin. We don't, Why we don't need we? to go with the masses. And we've got to launch our squawk currency. I mean, if this can be worth... So we got to do something. We got to do a crypto squawk something or other. Can we use your face for the logo like the she- like the Shiba? I, I'm worried it won't. It, I'm worried it won't do as well. All I'm right. worried we, it might, we might. We have to use your face or maybe Becky's face. It might be more saleable idea. that way. That might be a better idea. First up today on the podcast, a story that started as a joke. Dogecoin is a cryptocurrency based on a meme from 2013. If you don't remember it, let me explain, or, or try to. The Doge meme shows a Shiba Inu dog and a nonsensical string of words, multicolored and in comic sans font. There you go. Now, Dogecoin is a cryptocurrency worth $34 billion, a top 10 currency. It's risen by 300% in the last seven days, adding nearly $20 billion to its market value in just the last 24 hours. 60%, Andrew. Don't gloss over that. 60%. Explain it. 60%. I know, but part of our job, which is, is, is it's a terrible responsibility, is we're supposed to explain why something has happened. We should have a discussion. We should have a discussion. Number one, you see Portnoy saying... This one I can't explain, though. 
Portnoy saying, I am not jealous of Dogecoin. I'm not jealous, jealous of Dogecoin. Tweeting, I am not jealous of Dogecoin. I'm not, so obviously it's not it. So ConAgra. And Mr. Make Musk slim, is tweeting when all of this. Elon yes, Musk I with, know. with the, about the Shiba Inu. But, but, but what about the ConAgra CEO, I don't know, Slim Jims? They use memes to sell Slim Jims, those mystery meat sticks, whatever the heck they're made of. And, and uh, but, with the preservatives and everything. I haven't had one in 50 years, probably. I don't think I'm, I don't want to disparage them, but okay, they're great things. But, but why does, why does Dogecoin fit in? Why would he mention that on a conference call, Andrew? Can you tell me that about Slim Jims? And, and then you could, Robinhood almost crashed their site, right? To, to be able, and it was, up, like a, it was, like it was a like a penny. Conspiracy. It yep. was like a penny a it's month like, ago. It's like 27 cents. It was a penny a month. Is it going to a dollar? And why is is this the greater? Is this an example? Is this Bitcoin? We've decided yeah. maybe is a measure of of an hour of work. Is you know people say this is what work is worth. Is Dogecoin worth something, or is this just someone willing to pay more for it as it goes up that you can unload it to? Do you know? Do you know at this point, thirty-five billion? I have to think it is because there's no utility okay. that I'm aware of. But here we are trying to rationalize what and i don't know if it's unrationalizable it's it's i'm gonna and you're not a boomer but i'm gonna get the okay boomer from not from not understanding doggy coin for some i'm a boomer trust me i've become a boomer (laughs) talking this way you're at least a suit i'm a suit i'm definitely a suit looking at the way you can boomer in a suit I tried to, 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 to get a grasp of how it was invented by those guys, you know, in 2013. There's some, there is something to it. I mean, can this real? it's $35 billion market cap now. I know. I know. Is there some utility or some, uh, there must be. There's no upside to calling it doggy coin because people are going to, we've seen this in the past. People don't really understand when you're joking. So it's, uh, it's Dogecoin. I know that. I got it. I just don't see why it's not doggy coin with, with the little uh, Shiba. Anyway, Robinhood has restored crypto trading after the platform suffered a major outage last night. Uh, the issue coming amid huge demand for Dogecoin, which uh, which traded near 30 cents. 30 cents, it was a fraction of a penny not that long ago. It started breaking higher after Elon Musk tweeted about it uh, and then jumped again after the CEO of Conagra mentioned the cryptocurrency on the company's earnings call. The company has incorporated Dogecoin imagery in a Twitter marketing campaign of memes for Slim Jims, which you either give the guy a, a raise for thinking that up, whoever did, at ConAgra, or you give them a, like a psychological test or something for what, uh, how did you even come up with the idea of using, using Dogecoin to sell those meaty sticks? Slim Jim. There's a lot of different ones too, Andrew. I think they come, some of them, might, you might be able to get them with cheese in the middle and different flavors. And, and then you know there's all kinds of new new age Slim Jim type stuff, right? Lots of jerky products and all those things yes. that are... Yes, Some of them are definitely not made of meat. Kale, all kinds of stuff. Do you, do you have any of your favorites? They've sent them here, right? Some of the jerky stuff, that some of that stuff's pretty good. Some of that jerky stuff doesn't smell great. Made by who? Some of those new... I, I, they've come in. We've, I think some of them are like disruptors, you know? Um, 
Right. Yes. 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 No. We. Yes. There's a whole plethora of them. I. They, I, I have not been sent them, but uh, you know, on my whole. My, you know, when I go to Whole Foods, I. You know, yeah. and I stroll. For, I'm, and I'm saying that sarcastic. Not I mean, that I would not go to Whole Foods. Of course, I'd go to Whole Foods, but you know what I'm saying. Even in the old days, you weren't sure what you're really eating. I, I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, in terms of meat. But now you have no idea. Now you just have, I mean, it, it, they don't even say it's meat. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla said people will likely need a, a booster dose, a third one you would think, of a COVID vaccine uh, after a year. A likely scenario is that there will be likely a need for a third dose somewhere between uh, six and 12 months. And then from there, there will be an annual revaccination. But all of that needs to be confirmed. And uh, again, uh, the variants will play a key role. They made the comments to CNBC's Bertha Coombs uh, recently, but, oh, uh, at an event with CVS Health, though, back on April 1st, but they were just made public yesterday. That's in line with comments from J&J's Alex Gorski, uh, who said in February that people should expect to get regular COVID vaccine shots, just like seasonal flu shots. Moderna CEO told us on Wednesday that the company hopes to have a booster shot for its two-dose vaccine available in the fall. The regulators have given very clear guidelines. They do not need efficacy study, but neutralizing antibody in people that were vaccinated a year ago. We are doing this currently, so I think it's going to be a few months to getting that data ready to file to the regulators. Our goal is to work really hard to get this ready before the fall. I want to make sure there are boost vaccines available uh, in the fall so that we protect people as we go into the next fall and next winter season in the U.S. Once again, uh, if you read the literature, there's, there's some disturbing news about variants proliferating uh, around the world, even in places where they hadn't been seen. Some that are you know, eight times as contagious. I don't, it's not why we're at one point. Do you have a better reason why we're at 1.57 on the 10-year, uh, Andrew? No, that's, that, that. Sounds about the best, best explanation we're going to come up with uh, for right now. Happy Friday. So that's uh, celebrated. That's why you're in a good mood, because it's Friday? Or you get, get some plans? Me? Yeah. I don't have any plans. I actually should be in a bad mood, Joe. I was just looking at my aura ring Uh-oh. score. You know, I, I, not good. 69 is today. My lowest for the whole week. Out of 100. Think about that. If I got in a 69 in, uh, on a test. What does that ring regis- measure exactly? How, how does it? Uh, that's my sleep. Well, sleep over. The- okay. Uh-huh. It's a, so it's what, a, what happened last night? Were you, were you restless? Weren't sleeping well? Do you, do you know I, you didn't sleep well? Yeah. But then the, my wife always says, you know, that I need to look at the, the app to find out how I felt I like, like how I slept. You see, and I she laughs that's... at me. That's for for someone like you or me, that's bad because it can talk us into anything, I think. Right. You know, if it said you were at 100 percent every day, that's what I wish it would say. I feel great. Okay, good. I want you to be in a good mood. Coming up, it's been a rough year, 13 months to say the least. But is the recession from the COVID-19 pandemic over already? CNBC's Steve Leisman weighs in. I think if you look at that GDP chart, that the recession probably ended in the second quarter of 2020, maybe a little bit later. Squawk Pot is back after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Joe Kernan along with Andrew Ross Sorkin as Becky uh, is off today. She'll be back uh, on Monday. You're in on Monday, right? Sorkin will be. I'm here. Okay, I'm here. I am. Very good. We got some recent economic reports that have been coming in stronger than expected. Retail sales surging last month while jobless claims dropped to their lowest level since March of 2020. So does all of this good economic news mean the recession is over? Who better to answer the question than Steve Leisman, who joins us with that? Steve, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. The recession is almost certainly over, and it ended months and months ago. The problem is it's not technically over until the folks at the National Bureau of Economic Research meet and say so, and they haven't done that yet. Jim Paterba, the president of NBER, told me yesterday, the committee has not typically determined a trough date, in other words, the end of the recession, until after the economy has surpassed its previous peak in economic activity. Well, when is that? The U.S. economy is almost at that point. It might actually hit the previous GDP peak uh, any day now. So the Business Cycle Dating Committee could meet soon and say the recession actually ended a year ago. The more important question is this, not whether or when the recession ended, it's whether the economy is fully recovered. Mike Faroli, after yesterday's data, he told me momentum is definitely building. We already saw 900,000 jobs gained in March. Everything suggests March is a blowout month and April, at least in job growth, is probably stronger. But if you look at the job market, there's a lot of work left to be done until we get to full recovery. U.S. employment running about 8 million jobs below the peak before the pandemic. So for investors, what matters is not when the recession ends. It's when the Federal Reserve decides the economy is fully recovered to the point where it can begin to reverse policy or take back some of that easing. And Fed Chair Powell and other Fed officials, they're not looking at the NBER. They've been steadfast in saying that's not the case yet and may not be for a while. Andrew. So the question uh, that all of this raises is, what's the typical timing for the uh, NBR ah. number to meet and uh, figure out when the recession has started and ended? Right. So if you were to, to wait for them to make these calls, Andrew, you would be a very, very poor person. Do, do you watch Lord of the Rings, Andrew? I, I did back in the day. You know who the Ents are? You know the Ents? They yeah. meet and they talk and they discuss... The NBER, the economic equivalent of the ENTS. Okay, so in December 2008, they decided that the recession began in December 2007. In September 2010, they decided the recession ended in June 2009. They were pretty quick. This was amazingly quick for the, for the economic ENTS there. In June of 2020, they decided the recession began in February 2020. That was fast. They have not been so quick. I think if you look at that GDP chart, Andrew, that the recession probably ended 
in the second quarter of 2020, maybe a little bit later. Okay, so if these folks are late, what does that say about Jay Powell's plans? And I I only say that because he's made it pretty explicit. He almost wants to be late if he's going to raise interest rates. Absolutely. And that's a we're in a new kind of paradigm here where the Fed is telling the markets we're going to stay behind the curve. Uh, They're kind of being the ends of Federal Reserve or monetary policy right now. They want inflation to go up. They want to see the economy fully recovered. Uh, There's a whole new paradigm. Instead of saying we're going to reverse policy when our forecast shows that uh, we're going to be fully recovered, we're not going to reverse policy until we're fully recovered. And that's a new paradigm we're living through. And I think the market senses that. Treebeard. Treebeard. You remember Treebeard? Steve, the, he's <laughs> yep. <laughs> also known as Fangorn in, in, uh, in that force. In, in Gandalf yeah. actually said that Ents are the oldest things on the earth living uh, on, under the sun. They, they do. They all, and they sort of talk, but they sound like trees when they talk. Have you, do you remember? They got really deep voices. It, it and, was, I, I've, my, my favorite line, Joe, was when uh, Gandalf said, 300 lives of, of men I've walked this earth, and now I lack for time. I feel that way all the time. It's true, isn't it? It's true. But you know what, Steve? I want you to remember. <laughs> today we're as young as we're ever going to be. And don't forget that. Right. And, and let's, let's value right. everything we've done and everything we're still going to do. That's the, way, that's the only way to look at it. Andrew doesn't even think about these Every things. Every day. Uh, at this point. He's like, you know, the millennials no, are, we're, are... We're big thinkers, think you and me, Joe. We're big thinkers. Right. But millennials think they're going to live forever. They're immortal. They think they're going to live forever. They think they're never going to gain weight. They're never going to lose their hair. Uh, it's, you'll see, Andrew. You'll see. Uh, life is, I'm not uh, a millennial. I'm not a millennial. I'd like to be a millennial. I don't know why I think that. I don't know why. I, I don't know. It's, it, it, I think it's, it's not about an age. It's about an attitude, I think. You know, it, I, I always try to try, try to act young. To yeah, be yeah, young. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank you. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. Treebeard. Treebeard. I remember. Love him. Next on Squawk Pod, John Boehner, former House Speaker, speaking his mind about the $2 trillion infrastructure plan from the White House. I thought I knew what the word infrastructure meant. Uh, the rest of the world understands what infrastructure means. Uh, but uh, the Biden crew uh, has a new definition for it. It's not going to happen. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. In his new book, former House Speaker John Boehner dishes on his time on Capitol Hill, lessons he learned along the way, also weighs in on the Trump era. Join us now, former Speaker John Boehner. He's author of On the House, a Washington memoir. It's great to see you, Speaker. And I want, we, we have about seven minutes to talk about so many things. If we have time at the end, I want to talk to you about... Mueller, I went to X. I was a bomber. You used to beat up on us. And I, were you a starting linebacker? Let's talk about this later. Let's talk about this later. You beat up on those poor Jesuit preppy kids. Something fierce. Yes, we did. Yes, we yeah. did every year. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm from Price Hill. You, you were in Reading. You're with 12 kids. Uh, uh, well, second oldest of 12. 
And we'll get maybe we can get some Bainerisms too. That's how it's pronounced, right? Have I got that right? Bainer. That's correct. Okay. Correct. So look around. And what we see on both sides of the aisle, there's four parties now. There's the left, there's the far left, there's the right, and there's the alt-right. And you basically uh, take the credit or the blame, uh, as it were, for, for the split in the Republican Party to some extent. Is, have I got that right? Well, I don't take the credit or the blame. Uh, I inherited this. You know, the American people send uh, people to Congress. I don't choose who they are. Uh, the rest of the Congress doesn't choose who they are. Uh, the American people send these people. And after 2010, uh, we've got some, uh, uh, we, most of the Tea Party members turned out to be good, solid Republicans. Uh, but we got some uh, real knuckleheads uh, along the way. And on any given day, I had 210, 215 solid Republican votes. But I always had two or three dozen uh, knuckleheads that all they ever want to do was vote no. It was either going to be all their way or no way. Uh, Joe Biden's dealing with this right now. He's a traditional a Democrat dealing with the, the progressive wing of his party. And up over the last couple of months, uh, he's given the left to basically everything they demanded at the expense of working with Republicans in a more bipartisan way. Knucklehead is such a good word. It's such a good word because it's so it, it, you can use it whenever you need it, but it, it fully sums up what we're talking about. The, the, the infrastructure plan we're talking about right now, you described that, and I, I'm sure that this is, uh, because of some influence from the knuckleheads you were just talking about. See, I'm even allowed to use it. Maybe not. Uh, those are your words. But it's mostly a, a new Green Deal sort of disguised as an infrastructure plan. Oh, that's correct. I, I, I thought I knew what the word infrastructure meant. Uh, the rest of the world understands what infrastructure means. Uh, but uh, the, the Biden crew uh, has a new definition for it. It's not going to happen uh, because the votes aren't there. And uh, the votes aren't there because uh, it's more than infrastructure, a lot more. Uh, and uh, then they want to raise taxes. Uh, this is uh, this one's not the prescription uh, for actually getting anything done in Washington these days. Right. Andrew, uh, 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 what do you got? Where, where do you want to take this? We can, there's a million places to go with the speaker. There are a million. I wanted the, uh, the speaker, if he could, just to weigh in on, on what we've been seeing in the business community in terms of vote, these voting bills across the country. You know, a lot of businesses speaking out quite publicly against them. Uh, you had Mitch McConnell come out um, and effectively criticize the business community, which typically has been aligned with the Republican Party. And I, I'm curious how you see that playing itself out. Well, listen, uh, these days, corporate America has got pressures on them, uh, just like the pressures uh uh, politicians have on them to speak out about this and speak out about that. Listen, uh, they've got to answer uh, ultimately to their shareholders. And uh, uh, having served on corporate boards, still serving on some corporate boards, uh, it's the shareholders uh, who are the investors that they have to answer to. Is it, what is the Republican? Is the Republican Party the, the party of, of Donald Trump? Is it is it totally fractured now. It's never Trumpers versus Trumpers. What's it going to look like in, well, at the next midterm? And, and what do you think? Will, will the Republicans, it's a slim majority now, and they did better than people thought. Will, will, if you were still there, would you be Speaker again, or will Speaker Pelosi still be Speaker in two years? Well, listen, I think Republicans have a real good shot at winning the majority in 2022. A redistricting's coming. Republicans are probably going to gain seven to ten seats as a result of uh, the new district lines. Uh, but listen, I'm a Republican. 
Uh, I believe in Republican principles, you know, fiscal responsibility, a strong national defense. And uh, if Republicans focus on, on who they are as Republicans and focus in on the principles of being a Republican, guess what? Uh, I think it will unite the party uh, much closer uh, than anything we've seen for a while. You know, the Democrats have the same issue between traditional Democrats uh, and as far left-wing uh, part of their party. Uh, this is uh, American politics today. It's as uh, divided as uh, anything that I've seen. As a matter of fact, I would describe politics today as chaos, because that's what it is, chaos. Yep. Your views on, on uh, cannabis obviously have, have evolved, and now you, it's the, is it the medical side of, of cannabis that... Uh, that initially uh, attracted your interest, but not just that. You think it should, I guess, be decriminalized? Is that your view? Well, listen, I uh, uh, I was always against cannabis. I thought it was a gateway drug. And, you know, but I watched uh, state after state uh, approve the use of cannabis in their states. And, uh, you know, somebody in politics, you have to pay attention to what the people are saying. And uh, by the time I left office, uh, I thought to myself, my goodness, uh, I drink uh, red wine, I smoke cigarettes, and somebody wants to have a joint, what the hell do I care? And, uh, and then uh, I got interested in uh, the medical side of this, uh, kids with uh, having seizures and how cannabis was helpful to them, soldiers with PTSD or, or chronic pain problems uh, where they didn't want to use opioids. And so uh, that's what got me interested in, in yeah. this. Uh, and then I've watched now 36, 37 states uh, approve the use of cannabis. Uh, it's time for the federal government uh, to get the hell out of the way. Yeah. All right. Mr. Speaker, I, I wish that you didn't have to write a book to come on here. Again. You make a good contributor on one of these cable networks, I think. You've got a lot to say. Uh, th there is the book. And we won't have time to talk about Jerry Faust. And, and by the way, St. Xavier did do much better subsequently to when, when you were there. We beat Mueller many, many times and went to the state finals and everything else. So don't pretend like that's never happened. Either. Uh, just remember one of those banerisms. If you do the right things for the right reasons, the right things will usually happen. So don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Speaker, thanks for having uh, for coming on. And, and really, I would like to have you back and talk more about uh, this is this a commentator on on uh, politics today. Thank you. We'll see. Well, we'll see. OK. <laughs> All right. Doesn't pay a lot. And that's Squawk Pod for today and for the week. Friday. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in for news and analysis every morning at 6 Eastern. Part of our job, it's a terrible responsibility, is we're supposed to explain why something has happened. You can subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you listen to podcasts, spread the word, share with friends, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can do that right on your phone, or tell us what you think on Twitter at Squawk CNBC. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.